Hey Storehouse family, I hope that you are doing well. Uh, whenever it is that you're watching this, welcome to our uh, video sermon on the season of Lent. This is going to be posted both for our community groups and online for anybody to see. So if you are new and you're watching this, my name is Marco. I serve as the preaching and teaching pastor here at Storehouse McAllen. Uh, I'd love to dig into our time, but before that, if you have a Bible with you, go ahead and open it to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 16 to 18 today. As you do that, I'm going to dive right into our time. When it comes to nutritional coaching, many coaches recommend two things to their clients and athletes uh, when it comes to eating well. First, when you go to the grocery store, they will say, make sure that you stay on the outer part of the store because on the outer part of the store is where you're going to find whole food, fruits, vegetables, meats, eggs, milk, etc. Their, their entire goal is to try to keep you away from what's called the guts of the store, which is basically the aisles, right? Because in the aisles, you're going to find either a brand or a box. And that's not produce, that's a product. That's what a lot of coaches would encourage their clients and athletes on. The second thing that they would say is never go to the grocery store hungry because if you go to the grocery store hungry and you don't have a plan and you go into the guts of the store, more than likely you're going to grab uh, items that you shouldn't. Your cravings are going to surface and they will reveal what you really, really want, whether it's treats, candies, chips, popcorn, and the like. In a way, that's the entire point of this season of Lent, especially as we head into it this week. Our cravings, our appetites reveal what we truly hunger for. If you're unfamiliar with Lent, this is a season in what is called the liturgical calendar where the church focuses on a specific time in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. So, for instance, when we celebrate Easter, we're focusing on his resurrection and his triumphant victory over sin and death. When we observe the season of Advent, we are looking at Jesus' arrival into human history through the virgin birth. The season of Lent is no different where we intentionally consider Jesus' fasting in the wilderness at the start of his ministry. You can learn more about that in Matthew 4. Each season is meant to be a time where we slow things down for a moment to recognize where our heart's treasure truly is. And clearly we don't need a liturgical calendar to remind us of this, but rhythmically as a church, it's been very formative for us. And therefore that is why we observe or teach on the season of Lent. And so as we consider this next season, I want to encourage you to think carefully about fasting both biblically and then considering it practically. Because here's our main idea for our time today, and that is fasting reveals our heart's deepest appetite. Let me say that one more time. Fasting reveals our heart's deepest appetite. What I'd like to do at this point is uh, read the text, and then I'll pray, and we'll dig into the remainder of our time. Beginning in verse 16, here's what Jesus says. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. 
But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Lord God, as we examine your word in our hearts in this season of Lent, would you give us the grace to confess our weakness to you so that we might be filled by the same grace to long for more of Jesus? Lord, we do not exercise spiritual disciplines in order to show off religiously, but for our hearts to be revealed before you. Today, give us ears to listen and a willing spirit to long for Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. Well, in the world of science, fitness, and wellness, fasting is incredibly popular. And it's incredibly popular for many good reasons. For instance, many people try what is called intermittent fasting. And this is where they only eat for a certain window of time during the day. And then they go for as little as 12 hours to as much as 18 hours of fasting without food afterward. Uh, this is proven to help with muscle and cell recovery, along with many other benefits. Other people fast for cognitive reasons. In other words, some people will skip something like breakfast because they feel more alert and awake in the morning. And so they skip over uh, you know, their breakfast meal. Others fast for ascetic or even religious reasons. In other words, they might submit themselves. Think of a monk where they might submit themselves to rigorous and intense abstaining from food. Uh, and I said, as I mentioned, sometimes it's for religious reasons, but most commonly it's to put the body through some intense form of discipline. And it's actually this last reason that uh, Paul addresses it before the Colossians. This was something that was happening in the church of Colossae. Uh, in Colossians 2, Paul goes on to tell them, these, that word these has to deal with these forms of discipline, such as fasting. He goes on to say, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting, of, excuse me, let me back up, in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. See, in this text, Paul is telling the Colossians that this intense and mandatory form of discipline when it comes to fasting, this intense form where they, this intense form of discipline where they beat their body up and they go for long periods of time to the outside world, it might look good. They might think that you're actually holy, but these disciplines are of little value. They actually don't keep you from indulging in sin. And so that's Paul's hang up when it comes to these really intense forms of spiritual discipline. However, we know that the Lord Jesus spoke about fasting in the present and future tense, as we just looked at in Matthew 6. He begins that text by saying, when you fast. So, so clearly, Jesus viewed fasting as a spiritual discipline connected to our relationship with God. So the question that we must ask is, why should we consider fasting? Well, to begin, I want to consider what fasting is. Practically speaking, it's abstaining from food for a short period of time. Biblically speaking, the purpose of fasting over a period of time 
is in order to reveal what has truly captured our appetite. Fasting exposes whether or not we are truly hungry for God more than we're hungry for food. Fasting is not simply a spiritual discipline of deprivation. In other words, we're not just doing it to say, look at us fasting, look at me abstaining from food. We're not doing it for that reason. We're abstaining from food for a greater reason. It's to reveal where our heart's appetite truly is. For a moment, I want you to consider what Richard Foster says. He's a pastor and author. He goes on to write, more than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. So clearly fasting isn't this discipline that we're doing just to beat up our body. Fasting is something intentional that we do and consider in order to reveal where our hearts treasure, what our hearts appetite truly is. Secondly, fasting is voluntary. It should be considered, but nonetheless, it's voluntary. The discipline of fasting isn't so that we're religiously superior. That's called pride and arrogance and self-righteousness. But it's also not to show just so how just how far gone we are that we need this intense discipline. Those are far from the truth, as we'll see in this text later on. Therefore, the question isn't whether or not you fast, but rather, do you hunger for God as much as you hunger for food? That's the question. Consider the words of Jesus in, in Matthew 4. He says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The idea here is, do you hunger for God as much as you hunger for food? The purpose of fasting is to reveal what has truly captured our heart's appetite. Then now, as we consider the rest of Matthew 6, verses 16 to 18, I want to make a case for why we should fast. But more importantly, I want to caution or I want to provide some caution in our motivation for fasting. So to begin, Jesus assumes that we will fast. Twice in this text, Jesus goes on to say, when you fast, not if you fast. Fasting is not only assumed by Jesus toward the disciples and in turn you and I, but there is an intentional consideration to be taken when we fast. Now for a moment I want to pause because this is the part where people get a little confused on this spiritual discipline. You see, in the days of the Old Testament, broadly speaking, people or the people of God fasted as they awaited the coming of the Messiah. Well, fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus enters the scene and we learn that his disciples aren't fasting, right? I want you to consider Matthew 9. This is verses 14 to 15. Then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus answered, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and, they will, and then they will fast. So Jesus is answering the question, well, why is it that your disciples aren't fasting? Well, because I'm here. In other words, because the Messiah and the kingdom of God is at hand. That's why they're not fasting. 
right? However, for us on this side of redemption, it's not that we await the coming of the Messiah to pardon of our sins. That's actually already taken place. And the Lord Jesus has accomplished that on the cross for us on our behalf for our sin. But it's because we have tasted the goodness and graciousness of God that we fast because we hunger for more of God. We fast to mourn sin and we fast because we anticipate Jesus's ultimate return. That's why we fast. So let's consider two motivations in fasting. One a negative, the other one is a positive. The first one is that when Jesus begins to speak about fasting in this text, he brings a word of caution. He goes on to say, don't be like the hypocrites. In other words, he's saying, don't put on religious camouflage when you fast. Consider the text, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces uh, that their fasting may be seen by others. There are those who fast to be intentionally seen by others. And their motivation, their heart, exposes two issues. First, they're fasting in order to be admired, esteemed, and held as religiously superior by others. They want praise, they want approval, they want the affection of people for what they're doing. The second problem that is involved with this is the manner in which they seek approval is through spiritual disciplines. In other words, the mask that they wear over their heart in order to find approval is spiritual discipline. Outwardly, they appear humble and holy. And man, they're so, in their weakness, we could just see how they're striving after God and they're trying to pursue God. They appear holy and humble and so disciplined. Uh, and, 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 and they look as though they're desperate for God. That's what Jesus means when he says they disfigure their faces. In other words, they, they have this outward appearance that makes it look like they're striving after God, but inwardly their heart is desperate for admiration. Jesus cautions us in this when it comes to Mark 12, this is verses 38 to 40. And in his teaching, he said, beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and like greetings in the marketplaces and have the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at feasts who devour widows as horses, and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. What Jesus is saying is these religious leaders, when it comes to their admiration for people, they love to sit at the best seats. They love to be known. They love to be seen, right? They'll even make really long prayers to make it seem as though they're incredibly holy and humble, but in reality, their hearts are dead. Right? They're filled with religious camouflage. And so that's the negative. The second motivation is a positive one. right? And this is, this is a righteous hunger. And this is fasting in order to be seen. But not so much by people, but by God. So let's consider what Jesus says. Verse 17, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who sees in secret. The idea here is that both truthfully and practically, people are going to see us fasting, right? When it comes to our friends and our family, if we fast from dinner, for example, our family's going to notice that. If we go out to eat with our friends and we're skipping lunch, they're going to notice that, right? Sometimes it's inevitable. People are going to see us fasting. However, 
fasting to be seen and being seen fasting are two different things. And this is exactly what Jesus warns us about at the start of this chapter. In verse 1, Jesus goes on to say, Beware, so here's that word of caution, that word of warning, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Again, to a degree, it's going to be inevitable that some people will see you fasting. But there is a difference between being seen fasting and fasting to be seen. Therefore, when you fast and if you're seen, the objective is not for others to bring you recognition, but because you are hungering for God. The purpose of fasting is so that your heart would be revealed. In fasting, our hunger, our appetite for, or excuse me, our hunger and appetite of our, of our hearts is revealed. And whether or not we genuinely, truly hunger for God, fasting tests where the heart is actually at. Consider the words of John Piper. He goes on to say, What Jesus is doing with these words in Matthew 6 is testing our hearts to see if God himself is our treasure. So as we consider fasting, the word of caution is aimed at the motivation of our hearts. Do we fast in order to be seen by others or do we fast in order to identify areas of our heart where we need more of Jesus? Fasting tests us with the question, what are you truly hungry for? Our motivation in fasting is for our inward condition to be revealed to us. Finally, let's consider the reward that we receive in fasting. And Jesus provides us with two contrasts, another negative and then a positive. And so the first one goes back to the end of verse 16. He goes on to say that they disfigure their faces. These are the hypocrites and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. He says the same thing in Matthew 9. And so this is what Jesus is saying. Here's their reward, the, the, the hypocrites, those who have religious uh, camouflage. If they are looking to be seen in order to receive approval and admiration, then they have received the reward. That's as far as it will go. Religious camouflage and deadened hearts. A hunger for self-glory, a hunger for their own pride with the payment of affection from others. They have received it. However, when it comes to the righteous, right, to the ones who are hungry for God, to the ones who are striving to know God more, for the ones who are mourning sin, their reward is God himself. Jesus tells us that in our fasting, the Father sees us longing for more of him. He closes it with this in verse 18, And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. The Father sees us longing for more of him, hungry for more of his work in us. In our weakness, he sees us desiring and crying out to him even more for our sin to be put to death, for sin overall to be eradicated, and ultimately for Jesus to come back and claim his bride, the church. The Father sees us and delights in us because we hunger for him, and our reward is God himself. 
We have tasted this through redemption in Jesus. And as a result, we now hunger for him more. We hunger for his work in us through the Holy Spirit. We hunger for his return. Consider once more John Piper. He says, seeking from God the reward of God's all-satisfying supremacy puts all other desires to the test. Fasting reveals what we truly hunger for. Fasting reveals whether we are as hungry to know God more, for whether we are hungry uh, to live like Jesus more than we're hungry for food. Our reward in fasting is God himself. Fasting reveals our deepest appetite. I think we've covered that. Therefore, when you fast, know that your heart will be exposed and confession and repentance will take place. But not because we don't know God, but because we do and because we desire for more of him. Therefore, when our hearts are revealed, our hatred for sin increases because our hunger for God is also increasing. Then not only will God truly be our ultimate treasure, but the things of God will be our delight. When we fast, we're crying out to long for the giver of gifts more than the gifts he gives us. And the reason we're able to even consider fasting, the reason we're able to even cry out to God, the reason we're able to even mourn and await the coming of Jesus is because we have been given the greatest gift of all through Jesus who entered into human history, lived a sinless life, and died a death on a cross for sinners like you and me, reconciling us to our Father. That's why we long for Jesus to return. And so just as grocery shopping reveals what you're really hungry for when you shop on an empty stomach, so too fasting will reveal what our hearts truly hunger for. Therefore, as we close this time, if you consider fasting in this season, let me give you just three quick pieces of advice. The first one is safety. Don't do this intense fast where you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast for the next 40 days. You should probably talk to your doctor first. Consider fasting. Maybe talk to another brother or sister who might be doing that. But consider safety. Don't just do these big old dive fasts. This isn't a crash diet, okay, at all. Number two, I want you to consider time. In other words, if you're considering fasting for the season of Lent, maybe it means skipping breakfast. Maybe it means skipping dinner. And you're going to spend that time with the Lord. And if you're saying, well, I really actually don't eat, the idea here is what is it that actually captures your appetite? Sometimes you'll see this even on social media. People will say, going, off of, going offline for, for so many months, right? Maybe, maybe that's what you need to fast from. I would recommend food, right? But maybe that's what you need to fast for. And then finally, when it comes to this time, this is a time of devotion, right? Not a time of, of intense discipline. Again, this is not a crash diet. The point here is for us to hunger for God more. The point here is for our hearts to be exposed. This past Sunday, we released our uh, published devotional called Reformed Liturgy. And it's a devotional that walks us through the season of Lent into Holy Week. And I would encourage you to take that devotional and, and work through it when you're fasting. Maybe bring in another brother and sister uh, into that so that you guys can be checking on one another. 
And in the event that you didn't receive one of those devotionals this past Sunday, you could always visit our website, starhousemcallan.com guides, and you can download the devotional for, for you or your family and you and your kids. But nevertheless, those would be the three things. Please be safe. Please be careful. Consider how you're going to do it. Walk into it with a plan, right? And then finally, remember, this is a time of devotion. Yes, it's a discipline, but it's a discipline aimed at pointing us to God, not deprivation. To fast is to learn whether or not we hunger for God more than food. So Christian, as we close this time, where are you at with the Lord? Has something else captured your appetite? Man, confess that and bring it before the Lord as we walk into this season of Lent. And if you don't know Jesus, I'm not telling you to fast. What I want you to do is know Jesus through repentance, right? You stand dead in your sin, but yet God has made a way for you to know him and to be reconciled to him through his son, Jesus. Repent of your sin. Church, fasting reveals our heart's deepest appetite. Storehouse family, I love you. As we walk into the season of Lent, please know that I am praying for you. I'm praying for our church so that we would hunger for God more than we hunger for his gifts. I love y'all and I'll see you throughout the week.